You are listening to episode 256 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Hawley. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my beautiful, beautiful party people. Welcome to the show. As always, I hope your week has been so lovely. And today we're actually going to talk about beauty and love and coming into a good feeling. That's a term I hear a lot and almost regardless of this season, it'll apply. Because, and you know, it's so common to hypnotize ourselves into a bad feeling. And I don't mean when things are tough. I just mean when things are things and our thoughts make them bad or negative. And sometimes I think people get scared of or worried about personal development and they get concerned that it's brainwashing yourself or just trying to scrub out any negative life experience with almost like an overbearing amount of positivity. And, you know, that... Those thoughts and concerns come from a place of love in our brains because our brains are always just trying to keep us safe. So I think we can really honor that like, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to take any one thought too seriously. So it's great that we're dubious perhaps of new thoughts, but also that's still taking the content of our thoughts, our current thoughts very, very seriously maybe even too seriously. And that's been such a freeing concept for me. And it's one that I want to continue to bring up on this show a lot because over the years as I've coached clients, you know, we've used plenty of tools. When I was first starting out, we were tracking macros and calories and, you know, wasn't wedded to them, but they were really pragmatic. And then I found that over time, you know, a pragmatic tool works if you are emotionally available for it. And then I, you know, distanced myself from those tools in terms of being a, a coach and shifted towards more of the emotions-based nutrition and wellness coaching, really focusing on let's dig down into the roots of why you do what you currently do. Um, And let's not put so much pressure on ourselves to bring in new wellness habits in the same way you've tried to before, aka dieting. (laughs) And over the years of, of supporting clients through that process, I still found that tools were necessary, whether that was deciding your meals one day at a time, ahead of time, or whether that was leaning on gentle meal prep, or whether that was using hand portioning at your meals and snacks, or whether that was dividing your plate into sections. 
or calories and macros. And I've come to this place. I was walking earlier today and I was thinking about how, and I've used this example before, but I'm going to say it again. Whatever tool can be helpful for you on your journey could be thought about with a lot of negativity by other people. Whether it's deciding your meals one day at a time, maybe it's writing those down ahead of time, um, you know, what, like whatever the strategy is, calories, macros, whatever the heck it is, those are tools like a hammer is a tool. Now you might find someone who is a hammer aficionado. <laughs> they have their workshop. They maybe they do some woodworking and they're also really handy around the house. And heck, maybe even they had a, you know, past job in construction or as a contractor. And also maybe they have a hobby of maybe some fine jewelry work. I don't know. Roll with me here. In that instance, that person has a multitude of different hammers, small hammers for the jewelry, maybe larger mallets or or just big hammers for bigger home-based projects, more of a standard hammer that a lot of us think about to hang up nails for pictures in the house. That's a slew of different hammers. Now, you could imagine that if one person isn't familiar with hammers and they pick up a hammer and they hammer their finger, if they're in a reactionary mode and they're taking the content of their thinking really seriously, they're going to say, hammers blow, man. Hammers suck. Yeah, the one time I used a hammer or the three times I used that hammer, I kept hitting my finger and it really hurt. Why would I ever use a hammer? And now that example should sound silly and it should sound a little uh, overdone because I'm trying to make a point with it. But if that person writes off all hammers, then first off, they've written off the small hammer for fine jewelry work. They've written off the mallet for bigger, more industrial jobs and more strength. And they've written off out of not a beautiful feeling. Because also, you could do any of those jobs probably with other tools as well. Not having a hammer won't hinder you from building a house. It sure might make it easier, but have people built houses and homes without hammers throughout the entirety of human existence? Yeah, for sure. Have people made jewelry? without hammers? Yes, definitely. So with this example, I want you to see that when we get very granular and we feel like the content of our thinking is super serious, we shut ourselves off from being in a good feeling. And it's that good feeling that First off, it's innate to all of us. Don't personalize it. If you're like, well, I never feel good. Life is really hard. Yeah, life can be hard and you can feel beautiful. Plenty of people do that. Both and. Being in a beautiful feeling doesn't mean 
that there aren't difficulties in life or there aren't hard periods or that there aren't days where your mood is off or there aren't days where your mood is like tippity top or that you have to kind of practice coming back to the wonderful feeling. And from my perspective, that seems to be the missing piece in this entire dialogue around diet culture, how to get out of diet culture, being anti-diet culture, because for years recently, like these recent years, when I first off, almost four years ago when I was like I'm just gonna straight up coach weight loss because like I see people making a big deal about it and as someone who's lost a lot of weight I would never want to shame someone for wanting to lose weight because it drastically did improve my life 80 pounds down my life is better that's not something bad to say that's something to be proud of because I wanted my life to have more beautiful feelings more frequently and I accomplished that But it wasn't the weight itself that did that. It was going through a process of changing my habits and learning about myself and being okay with myself, being that learner along the way. And this is a common pattern I see when people are, and I think the trend is changing. I see people talking about diet culture less, and maybe that's just because I'm seeing it less myself, but I do think probably there's tides are shifting and changing and what was anti-diet culture is now intuitive eating and now people are questioning intuitive eating because listen all of these are just kind of tools and if you try to leverage a tool first off from a negative feeling and secondly in a way that it's not actually designed to support you for from then the expectations are mismanaged it's not that the tool is bad is that our thoughts around the tool might be coming from a negative place. And what diet culture misses is that it tries to manage your thoughts and your thinking. It try, it's taking the content of the thoughts really, really seriously. Just think better about your food. Just don't eat carbs until you lose weight. Just go for more walks, you dummy. Like whatever the mean, like whatever the mean thoughts are in your head, right? Or I can't believe you let yourself get to this position or like just, you know, step on the scale after two months of losing weight and then you'll be okay with a number or you can never wear a bikini because this, that, and the other. What I like, those are such tame examples too, okay? A lot of us say very cruel things to ourselves in the effort to try to change our thinking. But hear me with this, thinking will not change, like more thinking will not change your thoughts. And that's what diet culture misses. And that's what anti-diet culture is missing too. And I think that's a huge piece that is missing from intuitive eating or a lot of strategies around eating is that if we aren't recognizing the simplicity of how as humans we think then we take the hammer too seriously and that's really why over this last year or so for me professionally I got to a point where point and I had known this and believed it for years but with my program I was like listen we're not counting calories here we're not doing macros because you don't have to if you want to lose weight you really don't have to But I got to a point professionally where I was like, but it's so efficient too, especially when you are open to 
writing down what you're eating so you can see the total calorie amount without the expectation of trying to eat as little as possible. Meaning when you're looking at the foods you're eating, you're nourishing yourself. And then you're looking at the split of macronutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats so that it's coming in from a balance. When I started to look at it from that pragmatic place, which I had done initially almost a decade ago when I was starting working with clients, I realized, oh, yeah, you don't have to wait to do to have this efficient lens of wellness because how many people do you see talking about things out there where it's like you eat intuitively, like you shouldn't try, like tracking calories is always bad and like you're just deceiving yourself if you are aware of calories and macros, like that's a slippery slope to disordered eating and sure it can be, but the behaviors that someone is engaging in are a reflection of their belief of how much mental wellness they have. So when you have the feeling that you have mental wellness, which how much time in the world with humans, how much time do we talk about things that are negative and stress us out? How much do we talk about mental disease? How much do we talk about mental unwellness, anxiety, depression? There is a huge cultural focus and I kind of think hypnosis, right? Because you just want to fit in with everybody else. This huge cultural focus on fixing what is bad or broken. But that is a thought that your mental wellness can be broken, that you are not inherently well or that you have to climb up into more wellness. That's an illusion. That's just a turn of phrase. It's how people are describing but the description to me, again, it, it ties back into the root of taking your thinking really seriously. And when you're in that beautiful feeling, it's not your thoughts that are creating that feeling. It's inherent to you. It's naturally right there. And because it's so hard to describe a beautiful feeling right? Because you're not going to think your way into it. It's so simple. And that simplicity, well, that's awfully hard to market. It's awfully hard to package it as the hammer that you'll just tap, tap, tap and fix all your problems. So that's why I suppose on today's episode, a I wanted to throw it out there as a reminder that if you're feeling pressure to take your thinking or other people's thinking really seriously, what that means is that you're taking the content of your thoughts seriously. And when we do that, and that's what we're practicing, we're forgetting that feeling of wellness, feelings of being in a beautiful feeling, being in your wellness is always available. And you don't think your way into it. You don't think through positivity. It can be useful as a tool to lean on a positive thought, to counter a negative thought with a positive thought. But that doesn't replace the negativity. It doesn't erase it. It just bops you over into being creative. Have you noticed that? 
when you ask yourself, oh, there I am having a default negative thought. What else could I think about this thing? What else could I think about myself? That's a creative pursuit. And creativity is from the parasympathetic state. Parasympathetic state is our rest and digest mode. Okay. Now, if you've been listening to all this and you're like, okay, there's a lot for me to do. You're thinking too hard about it. Put the podcast down. Go stand in your backyard. Go pet your pet, your dog or your cat or your rat. I don't know. Go play with your kid. Put the work down. That is the habit to practice. Because from there, then anything you'll implement, you'll see more clearly. You'll see the hammer for what it is. You'll stop blaming the hammer for when it hit you on your thumb. Because you were taking the hammer really seriously. Got a hammer. Got to figure it out. Got to be good at hammering. Is this the best hammer? I don't know. (laughs) I'll make it work. You see people do that with calorie tracking and macro counting and deciding their meals one day at a time and using hand portioning, using the term. I've, I've done a whole episode before on the term portion, portion control, portion awareness. There's so many thoughts that people have tied up into the term portion, portioning. So many thoughts people have tied up into the scale weight, what one number represents, what another one means. Believe you me, the difference that people make it mean between 200 pounds and 199 pounds <laughs> is comical. And I say that with a lot of love. It's comical because once you realize the difference is just, it's a figment of the content of your thinking, you'll start to see how wonderful this entire human experience actually is. So, you know, historically with this podcast, I would often offer a piece of homework at the end of each episode. And I kind of stepped away from that just naturally. But if you'd like to, have you considered taking yourself less seriously? (laughs) I would encourage you to. Nothing bad is going to happen. If you think it is, that's another thought. Okay, so thank you so much for being here. Have a lovely, beautiful, wonderful week. And I will see you on next week's episode. Bye. Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com. That's L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com to connect.